Well, I want to tell you about some experiences in my life with uh, being pro-life. I've been pro-life from before the time that uh, Roe versus Wade came out, and I was learning then what it all meant. And um, one of the thing, directions that it has taken me was to get acquainted with an organization called Helpers of God's Precious Infants. And this is essentially an organization that you can join anywhere. It's international, and of course it's national too. But, um, and it's in different parishes. What they facilitate you being able to do is to go to an abortion clinic and pray. And that's the whole idea of, you know, struggling with against abortion for so long that I protested and you know, there was a time when my husband used to give me dimes so that I could call up if I got arrested and <laughs> all that stuff. And uh, so I've had a lot of experience, but this seemed to come to be a very comfortable sort of thing for me because my children were getting older and I had to be more responsible at my time and where I went and things like that. And um, so what had happened right here in our parish is that um, we, if you join Helpers of God's Precious Infants, the idea is that they connect you up with other people who are in the organization that would like to pray in front of an abortion clinic once a month nearby. You, you covered your abortion clinic, so to speak. And here in our parish we had a clinic on the north side of Dempster, and it was immediately west of Lurvie's nursery. And uh, a couple blocks west of uh, Lutheran General Hospital, and uh, they give us a beautiful book, and I'll tell you about that later. But I do want to tell you a little bit about. Uh, well, it's kind of all, all connected. In that the book is divided into three sections for the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful mystery, and the glorious mysteries. So you can see it was put out before the luminous mysteries. But anyway, and uh, so each. Saturday that we would go, we would pick one of those hours, they call it, and it takes approximately an hour and a half to read through the prayers. And in the process, you do say a very um, biblical rosary because it, you have a, a whole page of the biblical background for each mystery of the rosary that you're doing. And um, they recommend that you walk so that your legs don't uh, uh, get stagnant standing in one spot. That's kind of hard for me to get these people to move around, so we kind of stand in one spot. Anyway, um, we have a leader who is in charge of several parishes, and that's why we have people from uh, Glenview and Des Plaines all around that, who live near this abortion clinic. And we meet one Saturday a month, about 9.30, and we're there till about 11. Anyway, uh, when we were praying at this abortion clinic on uh, Dempster, they were very good about telling us what we can do or can't do. And the abortion clinic is in a large one-story building that uh, you drive in off Dempster, and the abortion clinic is actually the back offices of this building. So we are allowed to walk on the public sidewalk on Dempster and pray. We may not step onto the blacktop or onto the driveway if we are praying or uh, you know just standing together in front of the abortion clinic. If we are walking to our car, that's all right. We're no longer praying. But we can't talk to anybody if we're on the public driveway or the parking lot 
and you were inside of the sidewalk. So it's pretty, it isolates us so that we're just back and forth saying our prayers. And uh, several times we had three ladies come and uh, they wanted to be in front of the abortion clinic, pray too, and they told us that they were evangelical Christians and they read the Bible. They invited us to read the Bible with them and we invited them to say the rosary and we got to know them a little bit, but they were pretty much business and uh, we had our own booklet to follow. There was a sign that came up one day in front of this clinic and it said that one of these offices was for rent. And we did not know how this happened, but the word came to us that this realtor had received several phone calls from families in the neighborhood who resented the fact that there was an abortion clinic there. And when they saw this sign come up, they took the opportunity to call the realtor and say, you know, I'm not looking to rent an office in your building, but I want you to know I have young people, high school age people or young children coming along, and they're aware that you have an abortion clinic in that building, and we don't like it. We're very uncomfortable with it. So this um, uh, owner of the building was conscientious enough to start eviction process with, for the abortion clinic because they did not want to upset the neighborhood people. And we were happy to hear that, of course, but um, as I said, it came to us in a roundabout way. We knew nothing about this action on somebody else's part. And uh, somebody in our group said it takes it's going to take them anywhere from nine months to 15 months for this abortion clinic to leave before they're gone. And uh, so we just continued meeting and praying and saying our prayers. And uh, when we got through, we went home. We did have some nice things. We had a beautiful full-size picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the actual size of the picture in the uh, uh, Basilica in Mexico City. And uh, we have, uh, oh, we have a beautiful picture of the Divine Mercy, about Jesus in the Divine Mercy pose. And they're very large, and so that always kept us company, which is nice. Anyway, this particular day, a truck from Lurvie's nursery pulled up across the sidewalk, and there were some gals in it, and a couple of them got out, and the other one was sitting there with the motor running, and they came over, we, they kind of waved us over to them, and we came over, and they said, we want you to know that Mr. Lurvie is uh, saved, and that we are saved, and that we like very much what you're doing here. We've been watching you for a long time, and Mr. Lurvie has decided that a year or a year and a half is too long to wait for that abortion clinic to be evicted, and he's buying it. They're going to be out of there within the next three months. Wow! <laughs> you should have seen the smile on our face. And so uh, that was one of those unexpected surprises that you get when you're doing something and just roll along doing the ordinary thing. And uh, so I just wanted to comment to you about that. Of course, this abortion clinic is very busy. Saturdays is their busiest day, and he quickly found another place. And it's uh, immediately north of Pesci's Flowers, across the railroad tracks, on the same side as Pesci's, and it is located in the back of a series of business offices again. And uh, so we just move our placards and our pictures and our books right over there.
And uh, I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about Helpers of God's Precious Infants. In this booklet, when we read these prayers, the prayers are lead you along so that as you're praying the words, preparing to say the rosary, you start getting a particular frame of mind. If you have come to our group with the attitude that all these abortionists should be lose their licenses or the building should burn down or something like that, all of that is taken away as you read these prayers because we are praying for that abortionist. We are praying for the mothers who go in. We are praying for those children. We are praying for those families. We're praying for good things to happen to anybody who is connected with this abortion clinic. We pray for the nurses who are there. We pray for the other people who are working there. And it's the prayers that do it for you. It's the wording. And it's so wonderful because at first you think, oh, they don't deserve it. But as you continue, you realize how lucky you are to have this opportunity to be saying the right kind of prayers the right way. And so it's, it's been a great joy in my life. Anyone have any questions? You're not governed by the city of Chicago's bubble law and things like that. Well, you know, that bubble law just came up. But we are very much governed by where we may walk. As I said, no, we had to stay on the public sidewalk. We could never walk the 200 yards back to the abortion clinic or anything like that. We do have two girls who were coming from Lake Forest. They're sisters. They were pretty blonde. Their uh, little charism when they came, uh, they would bring uh, several beautiful um, colored cellophane over the Easter basket. And this would have uh, clothes for a newborn baby, and uh, a gift, and a booklet, and some other things for a baby. And what they would do is go to the far end of the greenery that we walk in. We walk, we're allowed to walk on a piece of grass that is just six feet wide from, you know, across the front of um, the, this, the abortion clinic now is on um, River Road. So we're allowed to walk on that greenery. Can't, we can't step onto the driveway in and we can't walk anywhere on the blacktop, which is their parking space. But anyway, they try to flag down the cars just as they're coming in. Now, they're not very successful in one respect. These people are very, very intent and, you know, they're, whoever's driving, their hands are gripping the wheel and they have a very intent look on their face. But every once in a while, they can flag one of them down and say, we have a gift for you, we have a gift for you. And all they want to do is get that basket into the car. No matter what happens or takes place that day, and in the basket there is a leaflet that tells them, if you have problems after your abortion, we can help you. And so uh, uh, that's another little phase of it. But we are constricted where we can go. Um, yes? Can you comment on the attitude of the people who are with you in prayer? Well, we're all excited every Saturday when we get together. We do have a couple of ladies who actually do uh, wave to people and try to call them. And the people that come aren't necessarily the girls going in, but it will be someone who has driven them. And he's got to wait now two hours for her. A lot of them just drive away. 
leave the girl off and, and drive away. But if they're back there in their car, you know, they get out of the car and walk around a little and then they kind of wander up to us and uh, or want to know what we're doing and things like that. We have rosaries, not one but two or three, hanging from the rearview mirror. Well, we've got a new law in Illinois, you won't do that anymore. But, you know, it's such disconnect when you think about that. They're, they're prayerful, they probably have statues in their homes, in their families' homes, and, and they're there you know, to get an abortion. Yes? Where do you refer the uh, the mothers to? Where do you refer them to? We refer them to the Women's Center. Oh, uh, I've taken people down there who actually came on a bus to get their abortion. They didn't have a car. And uh, we refer them to the Women's Center. Now there is a little branch of the Women's Center that's in about a block and a half away from us. But we always have to find out if they are there that Saturday morning functioning. Otherwise, we take them down to the one on the Cicero. Yes. Yes. The women's center that these women walk into looks like it's an abortion mill. But we have told them ahead of time, please don't get your abortion. There is help for you. We're going to take you someplace where you can get help. And these women are on the edge. It's hard to know what happens. Sometimes it's, we find out from the women's center if they're you know, able to track them and things like that. But um, if, you, if this were a woman who looked up women's center and found it in the yellow pages, they would actually believe that they were coming to a place that is going to give them an abortion. It says that they're going to give them a free prenatal exam to see if they are pregnant or not. That's what their statement says. And it does say, uh, do you have a problem pregnancy? Maybe we can help. That's essentially what they advertise. But when they come there, if they come for, you know, something to do with the abortion, they will bring them into an office, and I say they, it's usually two people coming for this abortion. Oh, we've got three and four people too. Lots of times we've had grandmothers dragging a 16-year-old crying and stuff like that. It's everything you can imagine. But anyway, they will uh, show them a wonderful film showing uh, about the development of a child and that it really is a child that they are carrying. And that's a very, very important thing because this starts the person, they relax, they start looking, they're interested, and they realize that this is them in that film. And uh, they tell them that they can help them if they would like to have their baby, and that they can give them all the things they'll need, and they can probably do better than that, have a doctor who will donate his time and deliver their baby and uh, they can get a place for them to stay. Many times they're going to be you know, put out of their home or put out of, uh, away from their boyfriend or husband. Um, I've had women, you know, when we were just standing there praying, come up and, and say to us, you know, I, it's easy enough for you to stand there. And she said, you know, I'll, pardon me, she used some awful rough language. She said, I'll have my, face wiped all over the street if I don't come back with this baby aborted. And this is a boyfriend she's talking about. And you know, we, we run into all kinds of things. But, um, any more questions? <laughs>
Thank you very much.